The media and Democratic assault on the police continues. Democrats move to make Washington, D.C. a state, and Joe Biden prepares crippling sanctions against the American economy, banking on natural post-pandemic growth to save them. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do. Anomize your web browsing at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, to be frank about this, everybody has rights to express yourself freely. The bad news is big tech doesn't really want you to do that. In fact, what they would prefer is just they can track all of your activity and monetize all of your activity and then use all of your data against you. Well, why would you give them that ability? Instead, use ExpressVPN. If you've ever wondered how free-to-access tech giants make all their money, the answer is they track your searches, video history, everything you click on, they build a profile on you, and then they sell off your sensitive data. When you use the ExpressVPN app on your computer or phone, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. What I love most about this is how easy it is to use. Once it's on your phone or your computer, you click one button and now you are protected. It's super simple. Revoke Big Tech's right to your data today. Secure your internet with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Get three extra months free. With my exclusive link, go to expressvpn.com slash Ben. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben. All righty. So the, for some odd reason, the Makia Bryant case continues to bubble in the media today. Now, this is a perfectly obvious case where the police did the right thing. I mean, 100% obvious, not 90% obvious, not 95% obvious, 100% obvious that Makia Bryant was wielding a knife and she's about to stab a girl and a police officer shot her. And because the media and because the Democrats and because the White House have all decided that the cops are bad, they're making this an issue. They're no longer pretending that this is about bad cops. They're no longer pretending this is about cops doing bad things. They're now pretty much coming out right up front and saying, even when cops do good things, they are bad because America is racist and the system is terrible. This is the entire case being made by the Democrats. Now, it will get more black people killed, as we have been talking about since 2014, between 2014 and 2019. At least one to 6,000 more people died in major cities where there were Ferguson-style BLM protests. Most of those people presumably were black. In the last year alone, 34 biggest cities in America, 30% increase in homicide. In some cities, like Milwaukee, it was like 75% increase in homicide. When you get rid of the cops, more black people die. And when you demonize the cops such that they don't want to do their jobs anymore or they simply quit, there is no way to enforce the law. And it turns out, that the greatest preventer of people doing crime is police officers. The people who stand between you and the criminal, those are the cops. And when you rip on the cops all day long, and when you make it impossible for them to do their job, and when they do do their job and they actually do something heroic by, you know, stopping somebody from stabbing another person using the appropriate level of force, which is what happened in the Makia Bryan shooting, then you still demonize them and you treat them like garbage. And I'm hearing from cops all week long. I've been hearing from cops via text message, via email, via phone, telling me that they are quitting. In California, I heard from a friend who I have in, in one of the major police departments in California that he knows three officers who came into the office yesterday and just slammed down their badges on the desk and said, we're out. You're going to see this across the country. And the people who pay for that are not people like me. I'm not going to pay for that because I live in an area that has a police force that is well-liked by the population. It's not going to matter for the people on CNN. It's not going to matter for the people on MSNBC. It's not going to matter for Ibram Kendi who has his police protection over at Boston University Center for Anti-Racism. It's not going to matter at the green room at any of these networks or at the 
editorial page over at the New York Times, which has its own private security. Not going to matter for any of those folks. The people it's going to matter for are the people who live in these cities who are being conditioned by the media to believe that the cops are their enemy and are not going to have a cop to call when it comes time to call a cop because there's somebody running around the neighborhood with a gun shooting people. Okay, the, here's how the Washington Post is covering the Makia Bryant killing. The headline from the Washington Post, this is at the top of their page today. Makia Bryant's family remember her as loving, affectionate. She didn't even have a chance to live her life. Okay, now, the headline here is that she was attempting to stab another girl with a butcher knife. It seems like that should be the headline. It turns out that all human beings are, are shaded. All human beings are nuanced. You can find the worst human being on earth, and they probably have a good relationship with at least a couple of people. I don't know what circumstances led Makia Bryant to pick up a knife and charge another human being and try to stab that human being. I don't know the circumstances. What I do know is that the cop doesn't have to know those circumstances to know it is his job to prevent the stabbing. The entire media apparently now coming out in favor of the idea that if you are black and you stab another black person, that is better than if a cop stops you from stabbing the other black person. That is the way that the media treat all of these cases. And or they engage in the speculative fiction in which they, as police officers, would have magical Jack Bauer-like abilities. They'd be like the Frisco kid. Or they'd be like Gene Wilder in Blazing Saddles, where they can just shoot the trigger fingers of bad guys. Or they can shoot guns out of people's hands. All of this is ridiculous on its face. Now, the way that we know this is ridiculous on its face is because not only do we have the original body cam angle on the Makia Bryant shooting, in which you can see clearly Makia Bryant charging at this other girl who's pinned against a car and raising a butcher knife to, to stab her. We now have another angle on the Makia Bryant shooting. This angle shows that Makia Bryant is, is lunging at another woman with a knife and people are shouting about it. People are shouting. Here's, here's the video. Okay, she's shouting that she's going to stab somebody. She, she yells, I'm going to effing kill you as the cop attempts to de-escalate. Like, what? Is, is, there, is there possibly better evidence that the cop did the right thing here? Okay, but according to the media, remember, the cop can do the right thing, and it doesn't matter because every bad thing in America that happens, if it happens to a black person, is an element of systemic racism. Right? Everything is attributable to the system because the goal here is not to make life better for people. The goal here is to tear down the systems. The same systems, by the way, that have provided for more freedom and more security in the past half century than black people have anywhere else on planet Earth. America is an incredible place for black people to live. It is better than virtually all other places on planet Earth. By polling data, America is one of the least racist countries on Earth. Black household income is higher in the United States than it is anywhere else on planet Earth. This notion that America is some sort of hellscape for black Americans compared with other countries on Earth is completely evidence-free. But that is the proposal, that all of America's institutions are, are terrible and that every bad thing that happens to a black person or for which a black person is responsible is attributable generally to the system at large. As I talked about a little bit earlier this week, this is the soft bigotry of low expectations. It's not. It's just the hard bigotry of no expectations. In a free country where the law applies, black people apparently have no agency at all and are not to be held responsible for their actions in any way, which is why you end up with articles in the Washington Post talking about she didn't even have a chance to live her life. This is all about the system. 
Makia Bryant beams at her mother in a TikTok clip, then throws her arms around her neck. As Beyonce's Dance For You plays in the background, the team lip syncs the lyrics, I'm going to take this time to show you how much you mean to me because you are all I need. It's an intimate moment between mother and daughter who are working hard to reunite after Bryant was placed in foster care, family member said. They had a close bond, said Don Bryant, a cousin of Makia's mother. Makia was just an all-around good person. On Tuesday, 16-year-old Bryant was fatally shot by a Columbus police officer responding to a call for help at her foster home in the city southeast. Body camera footage released by police shows Bryant swinging what appears to be a knife at two people during an altercation outside the property before an officer arrives and fires four shots at her torso. On Thursday, family members struggled to make sense of the killing, at least the third fatal shooting by Columbus police this year. Okay, but how many of those were justified? Do we have the details on any of those? Because this one was a, was a justified shoot. Don Bryant said he had a hard time recognizing the teen seen in the police video lunging at others. He doesn't condone any violence, but called the officer's decision to open fire disproportionate. There are other disengagement techniques police could have used here, said Bryant, who has served on the Mansfield, Ohio City Council. I'm a supporter of police as former city councilor. I understood their moves, their tactics, what they do. I just don't understand what happened here. You don't understand what happened here? I mean, it seems pretty clear what happened here since it's, you know, on tape from several different angles. The, the entire media coverage here is angled toward ignoring the actual circumstances of the case. Officials identified the officer who fired the shots as Nicholas Reardon and said he had been taken off street duty while the investigation proceeds. Reardon, 23, appears to be the son of a retired Columbus police sergeant named Ted Reardon, an Air Force veteran and longtime basic training instructor, instructor at the department's training academy. When Ted Reardon retired last year, the department posted a tribute video. Nicholas Reardon was a high school wrestler at Columbus's Bishop Watterson High School. The wrestling team's Twitter feed showed him posing with his dad as a senior in 2016. He joined the Columbus PD in December 2019. The shooting immediately ignited debate about whether deadly force was warranted. Okay, well, that debate ignited because the Biden administration jumped on this to suggest that the shooting was wrong. And again, emblematic of, of white systemic racism. But I'll tell you what it really was emblematic of more than anything else. How many of these cases are parents really deeply involved with the people who end up shot by the police? Seriously, are we allowed to ask that question? Because we have on tape Makia Bryant's mother giving tearful interviews. But Makia Bryant was in a foster home when she attacked another girl with a knife. Where was Makia Bryant's mother then? Here's Makia Bryant's mother on CNN. My heart is really broken right now because I miss my baby, to be honest. I miss already. And it's really hard for me. I haven't eaten. And I can't eat because I miss my baby. I had a beautiful baby. She was taken from me. Okay, your, how, uh, your heart goes out for the mother. At the same time, where was mom? Makia Bryant was in a foster home. Where was mom? Adam Toledo was shot in Chicago. Again, a justified shooting. It was treated by the media as an unjustified shooting, the Adam Toledo shooting. Where were Adam Toledo's parents. Adam Toledo had been missing for two nights. He's a 13-year-old boy on the streets. He had joined the Latin Kings, which is a gang in Chicago. He just gotten a tattoo to that effect, and he was shooting weaponry at cars. Where were his parents? You want to talk about alleviating problems? Why don't we start with some of the roots of the problems rather than blaming the people who are charged with basically putting a Band-Aid on criminality by attempting to stop the criminals? But again, you can't talk about that because if you talk about that, then it devolves to personal responsibility. And the left has suggested that black people have no agency in America. It is the hard bigotry of no expectations. If there is a bad situation, 
then we're just supposed to expect that there will be widespread riots. If there is a if there is a, a black girl who tries to stab another black girl with a knife, she has no responsibility for those actions. Nor do we care. Only if the cop shows up to stop it do we care because that's emblematic of systemic racism. This is what Ibram Kendi says. It's Ibram Kendi, who is just a grifter and a race baiter and a, a person with terrible, awful, horrible ideas. He's a tyrant. Here he is on CNN with Brianna Keeler talking about how the, the cops should never have done this. When I look at that video, I, I ask myself, if, if that would have been a 16-year-old white girl in a wealthy suburban neighborhood, would the police officer have sought to disarm this girl? Would the police officer sought to talk her down? Would the police officer would have used legal lethal force? And it's hard for me to believe that that would have happened. It's hard to me to, to believe that that officer uh, would not have responded differently for a different girl in a different community. Okay, we'll get to the details of what exactly he means by all of that because it is wrong in about seven different ways. But first, let's talk for a second about the fact that everything you have these days is personalized. Right? Your drinks are personalized. Your food is personalized. Like Everything is personalized to you, and that's great. But why wouldn't you personalize a thing that you spend so much of your time on, namely your mattress? Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. Matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. I know because my wife and I have taken that two-minute sleep quiz, and we sleep like babies on that mattress when our kids allow us to. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off your mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Get up to 200 bucks off your mattress order at helixsleep dot com slash Ben. Okay, so everyone Kenny says a few things there. One, he suggests that if the police officers showed up, they would try to talk down a white girl who's doing this to another white girl in an upper income neighborhood. Okay, now notice how he adds in upper income neighborhood. This wasn't an upper income neighborhood, right? This is a pretty obviously lower income neighborhood. The income, the, the class gap does matter here a little bit, which I'll explain in a second. But the notion that a police officer even would have had time to talk to Makia Bryant belies the facts. There's a grand total between the time the officer, the officer arrives. He steps out of his car. He says, what's going on? Between that time and the shoot is nine seconds. Nine seconds. You think of that, nine, what was he supposed to do? Get out of the van and ask Makia Bryant about the troubles she's experiencing in her life? Or, you know, stop her from stabbing the other girl in the neck. Under all circumstances, if a cop shows up and somebody is wielding a knife at another person about to stab them, the cop will shoot them. You think the cop went through the cop's head? Well, I mean, she's black, got to take her down. No evidence to that effect at all. So Ibram Kennedy is just a liar and he is slandering that police officer as a racist. Right, so that, that is number one. Number two, the broader question that Ibram Kendi is asking is wrong. The question is not, would a police officer have shot an upper income white person doing this to another upper income white person? The answer is pretty obviously yes, again, because you have a nine second gap in which to make the decision to stop somebody trying to stab the other person. The real question is, in what neighborhoods are these crimes tending to take place? And what sort of cultural decisions have to be made to stop those crimes from taking place in the first place? Because the underlying lie that is being told is that everyone is equally likely to try to stab each other with a knife. And this is untrue. This is how you come up with the idiocy from the left, that if the police officers shoot a disproportionate number of black suspects, this is because the police are racist. 
as opposed to looking at the underlying levels of criminal activity. That doesn't mean that race has anything to do with your criminal level of activity. It does mean that crime is not equally distributed per capita among the races. White people commit more crimes than Asian people per capita. Hispanic people commit more crimes than Asian people, than white people and Asian people per capita. And black folks commit more violent crimes per capita than Hispanic folks and white folks and Asian folks. Okay, those are just basic stats. That's not racist. And that has nothing to say about race as the causative factor because race isn't the causative factor. But because Ibram Ibram Kendi thinks that race is always the causative factor, he believes that no matter what other explanatory causal factors are there, ranging from single motherhood to poverty to ingrained generations of of deep-seated racism going back several generations, right? This is the case that Thomas Sowell makes. He says there are higher levels of violent crime in the black community because there's sort of embedded codes of honor from the American South there and a systemic lack of policing for decades that led to higher rates of crime in the black community over the course of a century. But instead of going there, he just goes to, it must be that the the white police officer is a racist and it's his implicit bias. And if this had been a white person, he wouldn't have shot them. That is shallow. It's ridiculous. And of course it is racist because it says that all white police officers are implicitly biased and any police officer who shoots a black suspect about to kill somebody is in fact a racist. Meanwhile, you have Ilhan Omar doing the same routine. She was speaking at the funeral of Dante Wright. Again, if you believe that these things aren't political, you got to wonder. I mean, Ilhan Omar is not, as far as I'm aware, was not friends with the Dante Wright family or with Dante Wright. I'm, I'm unaware of any prior relationship. She's a congresswoman who showed up to rip on America and suggest that the police department in her city is endemically racist. Again, based on no evidence, because the Dante Wright shooting is not a racist shooting. We have it on tape. The police officer, a 26-year veteran of the force, shouts, taser, 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 shoots Dante Wright with a gun by accident and then says, oh my God, I shot him. It is the clearest case of accident using a taser, using a gun instead of a taser, that it is possible to imagine. And yet it is being treated as a racist shooting. Because again, whether it's Derek Chauvin or whether it is the, the Adam Toledo case or whether it is Dante Wright or whether it is Makia Bryant, it does not matter. The charge that is levied against, that is leveled against these officers is not one that they even bother to substantiate with evidence. It is that they are racist because the system is racist. So here's Ilhan Omar doing that routine. Joyce Beatty was going to be here and speak on our behalf as the chairwoman of our caucus. But just like we've been visited by tragedy here in Minnesota often, she in Columbus, Ohio, was visited by a tragedy of a young woman whose life was taken by Columbus police. Okay, but that, that, why don't you just miss the entire story there? On purpose, on purpose. Right, Joy Reid, again, when you talk about the, the bigotry of no expectations, it seems like there should be a fairly widespread expectation that people try not to stab each other. Is that, that, is that unreasonable? That people should probably try not to stab each other? And that we should actually have, a, I think, a realistic expectation that people shouldn't try to stab each other. But according to Joy Reid, knife fights happen all the time. All the time. Remember your childhood? Remember how many knife fights you were in? You know, like every other day? In fact, my kids are getting older. It's time for me to get them the children's book, My First Knife Fight, because they have to get ready for their teenage years. Here's Joy Reid on MSNBC, creating the hard bigotry of no expectations. As you look at the circumstances of this, can you just walk us through how police should act in a case like this? 
Um, because, you know, I, I was saying on, on my Instagram earlier, I remember fights in, in even high school or even younger than that, where a kid brought a pen knife or something to school and teachers were able to defuse that and they didn't have guns. So um, what do you make of the, what, 10, 20 seconds this officer took before he opened fire on this little girl? Open fire on this little girl. You know, I, I remember my childhood lots. Of, yeah, it was great. It was great. Now, I would love to see a statistical analysis of how many people, when they are lunging a foot from somebody with a knife, how, how, how the diffusing went. Pretty incredible stuff. Juan Williams has his own take on this. He says, you know, the cops should have shot in the air. And like Joe Biden style, just taking the shotgun, blowing it in the air. And that, that, that definitely would have stopped her as she was in the middle of lunging. Well, I guess I would shoot the gun, not necessarily at somebody, but maybe shoot the gun and maybe, you know, run at the person and try to disarm them. I, I don't know. I mean, so wait, 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 you would shoot the gun life, in the air like a warning shot? Not well, hopefully to distract or to try to stall or something so I could oh. get or my partner oh. could get the, the knife away. I see is what I was. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I taking someone's life work, is pretty okay. strong. I don't either. I don't either, Jesse. I mean, Jesse, policing is tough work. Juan Williams would have used his super speed, right? He would have used his super speed, maybe like like the Flash. He would have frozen time and he would have stopped Makia Bryant. Okay, all of this is not designed to save black lives. All of this ends with more dead black people because when you remove the cops from high crime areas, which unfortunately in the United States are disproportionately minority, more people die. Good news is that our politicians don't care at all. Democratic politicians do not care at all. Okay, so Cory Booker, Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, who presided over Newark, New Jersey, one of the most violent cities in America as mayor, he tweeted out something along these lines. He's tweeted out, Makia Bryant was only 16 years old, killed by police yesterday. She deserves justice and accountability. We must reform this deeply broken system. My heart is with Makia's loved ones. Yes, definitely, let's prosecute the cop who's responsible for saving the other girl's life. By the way, the other girl came out yesterday and thanked the police officer for saving her life. Does not matter. And this is going to generate all sorts of anti-police activity. You can prepare for it. It's happening in cities across the nation. And then the Democrats are pushing stuff federally that basically undercut the ability of police to actually do their jobs. The Biden DOJ, as we discussed yesterday, is going to cram down consent decrees on police departments across the nation, making it more difficult for them to police. The predictable effect of this will be less policing. In in. Berkeley, the mayor, is saying that they're actually ending low-level traffic stops in order to reduce racial disparities. It's a pretty amazing statement. So we are no longer going to police crime because we might end up nabbing too many black people who are acting criminally. So you know what? Quick solution. We just won't police crime anymore. Berkeley is ending police stops for minor traffic violations. And this is to reduce racial disparities in policing outcomes and to focus on public safety by making sure our police officers focus on genuine threats to public safety. So we're not gonna pull people over for having an air freshener on your rear view mirror or having expired license tags or um, not signaling property and focus on those stops, focus those stops on um, traffic violations that pose the greatest risk to public safety. I think this is smart policing and also will reduce racial disparities. So if they're, if they're going to ban traffic stops to reduce racial disparities, if they really, really want to reduce racial disparities and crime statistics, they just should stop arresting people for murder. Really, man, it would reduce the racial disparities in the crime statistics because unfortunately, a disproportionate number of murders in the United States are committed by young black men. So if you really want to reduce the disparities, then really any crime that is not equally committed by percentage of the population should not be policed. That seems like the best way to handle all of this. That, that, that is just a genius way of handling crime there from Jesse Aragon. We're going to look to the, the statistical outcome of arrests, not who commits the crimes, 
We're just going to say any crime that is disproportionately committed by a percentage of the population and the police react to it. We're just going to stop policing that crime. By the way, th this is what's been happening all over California already. I mean, the police have already stopped enforcing the law at a low level, and you've seen cities just collapse. I mean, San Francisco is a trash heap. L.A. is a trash heap, and it's going to get a whole hell of a lot worse. So prepare yourself. If you're in a big city, prepare. You're about to see an outflow from big cities like you've never seen. And honest to God, if Republicans are stupid enough to go along with the Democratic agenda, their anti-police agenda that will end with more dead black people particularly, I can't think of anything more systemically racist that, well, I can think of two things that are very systemically racist that are being pushed by the media and the Democrats. One is the bigotry of no expectations, right? Which is that black people can't be expected not to commit crimes. Therefore, we will stop policing for crimes and blame the cops. And two is why don't we remove the cops from black neighborhoods, make it impossible for them to police. That is a policy specifically designed at allowing black people to die. But the media don't care and the Democrats don't care because, of course, the idea is all the institutions of America are just like the police. It's not just the cops. The cops are just the most obvious and the most inflammatory edge of America's racist systems. That's why you have Nicole Hannah-Jones saying that America's police are like the racist slave patrols. She said that America's policing got to start in slave patrols. That is just a lie. It is a historical lie. Policing began in Great Britain in like the 17th century with Robert Peel. That's why policemen were called bobbies, right? Because policing is centuries old. What, she thinks there were no police before the Civil War? She thinks, she thinks that, that policing now is the same as slave... See, here's the thing about slave patrols. Note to the de facto editor of the New York Times, Nicole Hannah-Jones. The thing about slave patrols is that was a group of evil people rounding up innocent black people who are wrongfully enslaved. The police today are rounding up people who are committing acts of criminal activity. If you're equating innocent slaves who are held in bondage by dint of their skin color with criminals who are committing crimes largely against other members of their same race, you're a moral idiot. But we already know that Nicole Hannah-Jones is a moral idiot, so that's not a big shock. Now, when I say that the, the left has decided that all elements of American life are systemically racist, they can use this argument to apply to anything. The beauty of the term systemically racist, it's like the term social justice. When you say some of these terms, people only hear one of the operative words. So when you say systemic justice, people just hear justice. They don't hear social justice. They don't hear racial justice. They just hear justice. Oh, justice means justice, right? That means that people get what they deserve. When you say racial justice, that means that individuals should not get what they deserve. Instead, they should get what their race deserves. That's what racial justice is. Right? Social justice means that you should not get individual justice. You should get what your social class requires you to get. That's what social justice is. Okay, environmental justice. Justice is a word that should not require a modifier. As soon as you put a modifier, it changes the entire meaning of the term. The same thing is true of racism. Racism means believing that someone is inferior or that you are superior based on race. Right? That is... That is racism, textbook racism. You don't need a modifier. Once you add systemic, you have now transformed the entire argument because now the argument is not that somebody is discriminating, discriminating against somebody else based on the color of their skin. Now you're arguing you don't have to show any evidence of that. Any system at all that ends with the disparity must in fact be racist without intent, without any argument over to super, as to superiority or inferiority of particular races. The system itself is racist, which means it must be torn down. You're just using the word racist to modify what is the actual operative word. For the left, the actual operative word is always the first word. Racial justice, social justice. Justice doesn't matter in that, in that term. When they say systemic racism, the racism part is the part that really doesn't matter in that phrase for the left. It's just systemic, meaning they want to tear down the systems. 
perfectly obvious example of this today is the Democrats are moving to make Washington, D.C. its own state. Now, in a second, I'll explain how they're legally doing this, because normally you would think, OK, well, if you want to make Washington, D.C. its own state, you actually have to alter the Constitution of the United States, since it is an actual express provision in the Constitution of the United States that there be an independent district for the federal government to be seated so that states cannot control the federal government. Right. We talked about this. It's in the Federalist Papers. It's in the Constitution. Normally, that would require a constitutional amendment. Democrats feel they have found a way around this, and they're going to shout that you are racist if you oppose them. I'll explain how ridiculous this is in just one moment. First, I got to tell you about the best office chair on planet Earth. I mean, this thing is just spectacular. I'm talking about the X chair. The X chair is just unbelievably good. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your lower back. Now, thanks to XHMT technology, you can also get heat and massage therapy while you're sitting at your desk. I mean, this thing is like sitting in heaven. Instead of your old, uncomfortable office chair, that piece of crap, now you can look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic massager. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core, helping increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy, all perks that make working from home or the office an absolute joy. Okay, so I don't just have the X chair. I had members of the office try the X chair. They are like begging me to buy X chairs for them. Be like... We actually had this conversation before the show today. It's that good. X Chair is on sale now for 100 bucks off. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. That's the letter X Chair Shapiro, my name, dot com, or call 1 844 4X Chair. X Chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. Use code X Wheels for free X Wheel Blade Casters. xchairshapiro.com. Go check it out. Best chair in history. The X Chair, xchairshapiro.com right now. Alrighty, in just a second, we'll get to the Democrats using the systemic racism argument to explain why they should just be able to willy-nilly add two Democratic senators. First, it's time to jump in the ring, catch the latest episode of Candace. It's tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on DailyWire.com. Candace is fired up and ready to go about the events of this week. She's got a lot to say, as you would expect. To get the full, uncensored version of her words, you have to become a Daily Wire member. Join in time to catch tonight's live stream. Get 25% off a new membership with code Candace at DailyWire.com slash subscribe. And that's not all. Candace is also joined by another Ultimate Fighter guest, Dana White, president of the UFC. Dana's awesome. You're going to love it. Subscribe now. Stream Candace tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on Daily Wire. Get 25% off a new membership with code Candace at dailywire.com slash subscribe. And make sure you grab the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever your platform of choice may be. Also, we know you're craving what the mainstream media won't give you, the truth. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe to Candace today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Also, again, I'm very excited to announce this weekend features a new episode of the Sunday special. It features an incredible guest, Dave Portnoy, founder and El Presidente of Barstool Sports. Here is a sneak peek. I'll talk to anybody. If you have a problem with me, I'll talk to you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You can bring 100 people and I'll debate you by myself. Now, are there jokes I've made that I wish I didn't and are perceived differently now? Of course, but I've been doing this for 20 years. So I'll go through point by point by point everything I've ever said and done. Some I maybe I wish I didn't do that, but I know my character and our intent has always been to make people laugh, period. All right, you're going to want to check it out. Dave Portnoy, I mean, he is a live wire. He's got a lot to say. And that dude runs a massive business, which just shows you it's a new type of CEO out there. Go check it out this Sunday, dailywire.com or on my YouTube channel, Ben Shapiro. Daily Wire members get access to the special bonus content. There's a lot of it from Sunday special episodes. Don't miss out. Join Daily Wire today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation.
Alrighty, so the Democrats are trying to use the term systemic racism to force through a change that would basically add to Democratic senators for perpetuity. That's that's the goal. It's perfectly obvious this is what they are attempting to do. So how are they doing this? So constitutionally speaking, there has to be a federal district. That federal district has historically been Washington, D.C. And there are lots of people who live within Washington, D.C. So what Democrats are trying to do now is they've passed a bill. It passed 216 to 210 with all the Democrats voting in favor and all the Republicans voting against. And that bill basically would take the area that is directly outside of the federal buildings, and then it would carve it off and call it its own state. Now, that's perfectly ridiculous. It's perfectly ridiculous because if you wanted that area to be incorporated into a state, you could totally do that. I have a counterproposal. Why don't we just take those areas and and we, we will then encompass them in either Virginia or Maryland? Simple. Done. Now you have senators. Congratulations. But no, Democrats want the, want the people of Washington, D.C. to have their own senator. In fact, why don't they do this everywhere? They should probably just say Chicago. It really isn't like the rest of Illinois. So Chicago is going to be its own state with its own senators now. California has so many different areas. Why don't we just make L.A. its own actual state? Okay, that's exactly what they're doing. They're basically saying, okay, we don't have to change the Constitution so long as we leave these federal buildings in their own federal district. But all the people who are living in that surrounding area, we've been living there for, you know, generations, all of those people are now going to have their own state as opposed to being encompassed in Maryland or Virginia. Again, the Washington, D.C. district was designed specifically to be a federal district. If you don't want to live in a place that doesn't have senators, fare thee well, Virginia is just across that river and Maryland is just a little bit the other way. But that's not what Democrats are doing. And they have a rationale for why you must not oppose them. Wait for it, wait for it. It's because you're a racist. You see that one coming? You didn't see it coming, did you? The whole reason... They say that Washington, D.C. exists as a place with no senators is because of racism. Now, that's absurd on its face. It's ridiculous. Washington, D.C. was established when black people weren't even allowed to vote anywhere in the United States, essentially. So why would so racism obviously was not the deciding factor in creating Washington, D.C. Because that terrible rule about black people not voting applied everywhere. So obviously, if you're creating a federal district, it's not about whether black people are going to have senators because black people at the time couldn't have senators anywhere. So it wasn't about making a racist district where black people couldn't have senators. And now you're trying to retcon the entire story in order to make it an outgrowth of racial animus, but it wasn't. So Nancy Pelosi says that D.C. statehood is in her DNA. She's got a lot of weird crap in her DNA if D.C. statehood is there. A lot of weird things happening in Nancy Pelosi's DNA. Here was the addled speaker of the House. Can we have like a leadership class that isn't addled? That'd be nice. And seriously, so many addled people at the top of our leadership structures. It's pretty impressive. Here's the lady who says that she's grateful that George Floyd died and thank you for your sacrifice, George. Here's Nancy Pelosi, a completely addled human being, talking about how D.C. statehood is in her DNA along with a bunch of other weird crap. District of Columbia statehood is in my DNA. This is a picture of my father and the first lady, Eleanor Roosevelt. It was the first time he had a hearing as the chair of the District of Columbia Appropriations Subcommittee. As chair of that committee, he was known as the unofficial mayor of Washington because, sadly, the Congress had so much say over the, uh, what happened in the District of Columbia. He did not uh, support that. He was all for home rule and what would come after that. Okay, so um, in other words, actually, D.C. statehood is not in her DNA because her dad basically was in charge of the appropriations for D.C. from the position in Congress. So, uh, no. But, you know, D.C. statehood is really all about racism. Joe Biden is going to be fighting for D.C. statehood. Remember that that guy was a moderate? Remember that lie that they told you all last year so that you wouldn't vote for Trump? Remember that? The whole thing was that Joe Biden was going to be a moderate 
stabilizing force in America? Well, in the last week or so, we've had Joe Biden endorse a verdict in a criminal case. We've had Joe Biden suggest that that criminal case, which had nothing to do with racism, was deeply indicative of systemic racism across the United States. We've had the Biden administration try to cram down particular settlements on on police departments. We've had the Biden administration trying to force religious doctors into performing transgender surgeries. Uh, remember all the moderation that, that was going to happen? Yeah, it was a lie. And if you believed it, you were you, you made a large scale error. Here's Jen Psaki saying that Joe Biden is going to fight for D.C. statehood. President Biden strongly supports D.C. statehood and he and, his, and we will all, our administration, will work with Congress uh, to get it passed. Uh, we put out a statement of administration policy in strong support of H.R. 51 just this morning. Uh, his view is that uh, we are uh, the denial of voting representation in Congress and local self-government to the 712,000 residents of our nation's capital violates two of our nation's founding principles, no taxation without representation and consent of the governed, um, and he will continue to advocate uh, for this passing. Now, frankly, I think the fact that Northern California hasn't been given its own state along with Southern Oregon probably violates those two provisions. And to, to say that that violates those two provisions is to say that anybody anywhere who feels non-represented by the government under which they live is somehow being deprived of that right. I promise you, all the, all the Republicans who live in California, which, by the way, has most Republicans living anywhere in America, live in California, those people feel pretty non-represented over there. Probably they deserve their own state. Probably they're being deprived of their constitutional rights by the same exact argument. So idiotic. Because if it's really just about they don't get to vote for senator on their ballot, good news. We can just encompass the entire area you're talking about in Maryland or Virginia, then they get to vote for their senator. But you don't want that. You don't want that because all that would mean is the same exact number of Democratic senators. Mondaire Jones, Democrat of New York, here's what he had to say about this. He says, I've had enough of my colleagues' racist insinuations that somehow the people of Washington, D.C. are incapable or even unworthy of our democracy. One Senate Republican said that the D.C. would not be a well-rounded working-class state. I have no idea there were so many syllables in the word white. One of my House Republican colleagues said D.C. shouldn't be a state because the district doesn't have a landfill. My goodness, with all the racist trash my colleagues have brought to this debate, I can see why they're worried about having a place to put it in. The truth is there's no good faith argument for disenfranchising over 700,000 people, most of whom are people of color. Okay, here's the deal. Again, you want to enfranchise all those people? They can vote in Maryland. They can vote in Virginia. I'm perfectly happy with taking the exact territory you're talking about and just handing it to Virginia or Maryland. But you guys don't want to do that because there is an obvious game being played here. You want two Democratic senators. Systemic racism is just another way for Democrats to say, I want what I want and I'll call you racist if I don't get it. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free, like no strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost a thousand bucks a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make that switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch on over to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for several years at this point. I can tell you the coverage is excellent. Go check them out right now. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro. Meanwhile, moderate Joe Biden, so moderate Joe Biden, he's pushing forward a massive bevy of new taxes. He is now looking for an incredible increase 
on the capital gains tax. Okay, the, the capital gains tax that he's now pushing drove the market really far down and open today. The, the market took a look at what Joe Biden was proposing and dropped precipitously. The market yesterday, before he announced this, was at like 34,000, the Dow Jones. It immediately dropped all the way down to 33,700. Okay, so it dropped about 500 points immediately upon all of that happening. Why? Because it turns out that Joe Biden, his, Joe Biden is the luckiest son of a gun. He is so lucky because he takes office after a relatively unpopular president. He takes office amid a vaccination campaign that he did not initiate and really had nothing to do with promulgating. And he gets to claim credit for, credit for it. And he takes office amid a natural upswing in the economy that's going to happen because the downswing in the economy was completely artificially caused by COVID and government policy surrounding COVID. So he gets to just float on the, on the tsunami of economic growth that's going to happen naturally as a result of COVID ending. So his plan is, I'm going to ride that tsunami of economic, I'm going to surf on that tsunami of economic growth. But what I'm gradually going to do is I'm just going to keep piling on depressors to the economy. I'm going to inflate the currency. I'm going to raise taxes tremendously. I'm going to put in place tremendous new regulations. And I know that the tsunami is going to raise the tides. And so I won't get blamed for any of this because it'll take three, four years for it to materialize. So it's great. I can just pile as much crap on top of the economy as I want. And the economy is going to surge back so strong because it was so artificially depressed that I won't get blamed for it ever. But that's exactly what he's doing. According to the New York Post, Joe Biden will propose doubling the top capital gains tax rate on investments like stocks and real estate, according to a new report that sent stocks reeling on Thursday. Get ready for Bitcoin to boom, gang. Seriously, as a person who invests a lot in stocks and real estate, I guarantee you, if you double the capital gains tax on that, but there ain't no capital gains on Bitcoin, guess what I'm going to buy a crap load of? It ain't going to be stocks and real estate. And by the way, you know who gets hurt by that? All the people who are not in the top tax brackets who have invested in their 401k. The stock market will decline. If you tax people at twice their normal rate, do you think they will put their money there? It means they have to outpace their gains by 50% just to make the same amount of money. Bloomberg News reported that the new top capital gains tax rate would increase from 20% to 39.6% on income over a million bucks. That, coupled with an existing surtax on investment income, means federal rates for investors could be as high as 43.4%. For million-dollar earners in high-tax states who are heavily and over well overrepresented in the stock market, rates on capital gains tax could wind up higher than 50%. For New Yorkers, the capital gains tax rate could be as high as 52.2%. For Californians, it could be 57%. The leak of the plan prompted investors to unload stocks on Thursday. The DJIA lost nearly 1% of its value. The idea may be included in, in Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure bill because wrecking the stock market is, uh, is infrastructure. Everything's infrastructure. That piece of wood I bought from Home Depot yesterday, that's infrastructure. The infrastructure plan was expected to include capital gains tax hikes, so they roughly match tax rates for ordinary income. The details were not included in initial White House blueprints for the sprawling package. I wonder why. Because if they had been, all of the financial gurus who've been backing Biden's plan, maybe they wouldn't have been quite so sanguine. It turns out all the corporate idiots who've back, been backing Joe Biden's moronic economic plans, they would have been like, oh, you mean our stock's going to decline by 35%? Yeah, we, yeah, not super into it. Conservative advocates previously argued for capital gains taxes to be lowered by pegging gains to, in, to value and to inflation, saying doing so can unleash a real estate boom by lessening the cost of large financial transactions. Donald Trump said he didn't want to do that because he would disproportionately benefit the wealthy. So, great. Joe Biden is going to wreck the S&P 500. He's going to wreck the stock market. And this notion, by the way, that only rich people are invested in the stock market, 
is a lie. Disproportionately, rich people are invested in the stock, in, in the stock market. But a huge, more than 50% of Americans hold stocks. And if you have a 401k, you're in the stock market too. And guess who, your 401k's gains are, are largely dependent on people who are in that top tax bracket investing in the stock market. Those are the market makers. Right? Large institutions, hedge funds, and large investors. Those are the market makers, not the guy who's on his phone with his broker investing 10 grand. That guy's not the market maker. And so these are ruinous taxes. Joe Biden is pushing those. Not only that, Joe Biden is going to pile on huge environmental regulations. According to the New York Times, Joe Biden wants to slash emissions. The New York Times says success would mean a very different America. Yeah, no kidding. Experts say the success would require rapid sweeping changes to virtually every corner of the nation's economy, transforming the way Americans drive to work, heat their homes, and operate their factories. In several recent studies, researchers have explored what a future America might look like if it wants to achieve Biden's new climate goal, cutting the nation's planet warming emissions at at least 50%. More than half of new cars and SUVs sold to dealerships would need to be powered by electricity. Nearly all coal-fired power plants would need to be shut down. Forests would need to expand. The number of wind turbines and solar panels could quadruple. It's an enormous challenge, say these experts. And by the way, it would, of course, trigger massive blowback because it turns out that you want to radically increase the cost of living. So this is Joe Biden's plan. He's going to completely rejigger American life, and he will call you systemically racist if you don't go along with him. Life gets worse, but the Democrats approach their utopian goals. That pretty much sums up their entire program at this point. Man, if Republicans can't push back on this, I don't know what the hell they're doing in life. All righty. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you can't forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. Head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the Republic with me, Andrew Clavin. <laughs> 